in the studio, clowning with my kinfolk Feeling like a million bucks even though we been broke Shit we been broke, doesn't mean we give up May have lost some ground, best believe we catching up Hot's going up, we've always been the long shot So you'll get your money's worth from the team that I got Doesn't matter how you start the race, it's how you finish Right, they're really gonna hate us when we're first across the finish line Hey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Times Podcast. My name is Times, and today I have a special guest. My sister Kim has jumped on to hang out with me for a little while while she's at work. Say what's up to everybody, Kim. Hello. And Kim, I'll tell you why I am giving you a call and adding you is because my, our little brother, I think, has flaked on me today. Yeah, I think he flaked on me. Like, we were supposed to record a podcast, and then I tried to give him a call and see what was up. I got his voicemail like four or five times, so I messaged him, and he was like, oh, my phone's messing up. Let me turn it off, turn it back on. And then I was like, all right, let me know. And he's seen the messages, and for the last 10, 15 minutes, I ain't heard nothing from him. Flaky Junebug, guess what that is, man. I was going to give him like a big, big sound off, you know, and uh, everything else, like give him a big intro, big LL Junebug in the house, and then, you know, went and straight flaked on me like a bitch. That's your little brother. That's your little brother. Maybe I seen on Facebook today he was going to be making some some cheeseburgers, so... He's not making cheeseburger. He's making something that's going to throw him into a diabetic coma and give him a heart attack. Yeah. Donut burger. Or I don't know what to say. Yeah, like he's going to make him some donut burgers and shit. Um, well, that should be nice. What are you on? Like a headset or something at work? No. Okay. I had it on speaker so I can... Um, Text Junior and tell him he's a bitch. Stick it on your podcast. Big June bug, flaky ass bitch. I figured, you know, if he's not going to jump on here, it'd be a perfect opportunity for you to uh, run your mouth a little bit about him. I figured I'd give you the open floor to let loose. I think it's good shit. <laughs> so, we were having a conversation the other day about being in the healthcare field and everything and the things that you guys see. We were talking about like some of your anxiety and stuff that you go through. Do and I said that I think that a lot of what you go through is related to the fact that you're surrounded by so much. I, I don't want to say is is death the right word to use because yeah, that'd be the right word to use. You know, sure. pretty much anybody that's there with you guys is in the last stages of the, of of life, right? Yep, we've had. Um... I want to say almost nine died in a short period of time because they go in threes. So there's, they go in threes, but there's always that one surprising death. Like we know that there's a few that are, you know, in the dying process. And then there's always one in those three that is like a surprising death. Like we wasn't aware of that getting ready to happen. So even That that just happened not too long ago. So even in the nursing field, you guys still believe that death comes in threes? It definitely does. 
because I know that's that's like the saying. I mean, it's always been the saying around our family and everything. But I didn't know that in like the nursing profession, you know, some of y'all actually took to the same saying. So you you say absolutely, that's what happens. Yes, wow. we are on our second round of three. One passed um, the day before yesterday, so that starts a whole another three. We just had our third one die the week before last in that set of three, and then I had somebody die on Sunday, so that starts a whole another three. Wow. Well, we're off to a to a happy start here. So, how many how many patients do you guys take care of there? Like, how many patients are on like your floor or your area? I have. I'm on the healthcare side, and that's the part I control as far as social services. And I think I have 68. All right. If you get an emergency call, just put us on speakerphone and just run through the emergency because, you know, that it's like a real-life experience for my listeners. I think that's like a Scream out every No, no, no. Scream out everything that you're doing. I'm checking the pulse. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the vitals. I'm giving mouth to mouth. You know, mouth to mouth is, you know, in the um, CPR process, now they feel like mouth to mouth is not as important as getting the heart restarted because like oxygen, yeah, because oxygen stays in your blood for a certain amount of time. So if you could get the blood, if you could get the heart back pumping, the blood, the oxygen will start to circulate. So wait. How how many years has mouth to mouth been a thing? Well, I get CPR certified every year, or every I think it's every two now, every two or three, and um, it changes every time. Wow, but I mean mouth to mouth. That's like ever since you've been in nursing, that's been a thing, right? Um, all the way up until. I think the last few times when I got CPR certified. So at least the last hundred years then. I'm not that old. (laughs) You got to excuse my voice. I am obviously, you know, a couple weeks ago, I didn't feel all that well. And uh, I started, you know, last week I felt pretty good. And then now I've just, I don't know, I woke up yesterday to get ready for work and you know i felt like all the i had all this stuff going on in my head and in my throat and now my chest is feels like it's caving in and i've got this weird ass cough and everything else i mean it's it's possible that the the COVID's caught back up with me yeah they said that um that we definitely are having some some COVID pop back up i mean we don't have any here not yet, but we've had some like um, a staff member or two, or maybe like family members, as far as get it and have to be sent home or off work. But with everything you got going on, I mean, you'd agree with what we talked about, then, right? That uh, a lot of your because I've seen like you call me out of the blue, your your stress level kind of goes through the roof. Well, yeah, it sucks to be surrounded by things and the the first person that people runs to when they need help all the time. And then, like, you're always that stronger person. So 
there's nobody expects you to run to them for help and nobody takes you seriously when you you go and you say i need a man i need help i need this da, da, da. so really my feelings and what i want is irrelevant because i'm the i'm always been the stronger one so nobody really cares what i got going on and stuff like that as long as i'm able to be johnny on the spot for everybody else girl same i'm right there with you I mean, I got my hand up. Can't nobody see it. But I got my hand up right now going same over this way. It must be something in the in the uh, gene pool, I guess, you know, because I feel the same way a lot of times. I feel like everything is on my shoulders to get done. And if I have any kind of emotional situation or anything like that, uh, it's really hard to count the people on my on my fingers that I feel like I could turn to in that situation. You're just a you're a provider, so you have to provide. And to be honest with you, I think, at least in my opinion, I created that because I'm an enabler. And I know that I'm an enabler and I don't really know how to fix being an enabler. So uh, I've pretty much created this chaotic world of mine where every time something goes wrong, everybody turns to me instead of trying to figure it out on their own. I guess I've kind of come to terms with that, you know, I I can't really be mad at everybody else for taking advantage of a world that I created for them. I can agree to that because I've created that world. (laughs) You know, I don't. If I need help, I don't really ask for a really, like, you know, just a vent. I don't really vent to a whole lot of people, so I just feel like when I need a vent or I feel like I'm cracking up or something like that, like, most of the person, I just call you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You was was on the – this is, like, payback, honestly, because you were on the phone with me while I was at work the other night for two hours. Yeah. Yeah, that was me cracking up. So what is your uh, overthinking conspiracy theory on what has happened in Hawaii? Have you seen that? You know, I don't. I, I've seen pieces of it, but that's I That's all really, that's left of it is pieces. Well, yeah, but I, what, is it like wildfire? Did something like start the fire? Well, like I, when I've seen the pictures, there's like whole vehicles, uh, you know, neighborhoods that are just gone. And I'm like, really? A wildfire created that? Yeah, the pictures... Like, it's real difficult to look at the pictures and believe that a wildfire did all that damage. But from my understanding, that's what they're saying. Now, again, I don't do as much research as I probably should on some of the things that we talk about. So I'm kind of just flying off the little knowledge that I have. But the pictures that I've seen of it looks like, honestly, the entire island is gone and i'm like dude a wildfire took out the entire island like i guess you know we don't live on an island so we don't understand maybe it's maybe it's an understanding thing for us because we don't know how quickly a wildfire can spread in every direction on a small island like that and from what I understand, a lot of people ran in the water because the fire was literally everywhere and there was a hurricane coming in at the exact same time. So, you know, a lot of people unfortunately drowned trying to get away from what was going Being on on the land. Yeah. So it was like, you know, lesser of the two evils or maybe, 
you stood a better chance in the water, I guess, arguably, than you did trying to battle the fire. Like you, if you're a strong enough swimmer, you might be able to get out of the water once things calm down, but you're not going to get out of that fire if you end up in it, you know, and it's, it's tragic, but it's just looking at the pictures, man, makes me look at it and go, there's from, from our perspective here, that there's no way that all of that got decimated like that by a wildfire. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that either. But it's pretty sad though. There's oh, still like hundreds of people unaccounted for. Oh, I know. It's 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 a horrible event, and I'm definitely not here to make fun of it or joke about it or anything like that because uh, I, it's just beyond my realm of understanding how something like that occurs. <laughs> just think if that volcano ever erupted from what's that that volcano we got. Oh, if that ever uh, erupted, that's what it's going to be like. Was it Old Faithful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that, if that old girl ever erupts, boy, we... Hey. <laughs> hey. It's going it's to be a bad day. There are so many... Like, I get, like, some of the things we talk about. You live in a very, like, what-if kind of... Uh, world. World, Yeah. And I understand it because a few years ago I was living in that exact same world. Like, uh, but mine was a little bit different. Like, I didn't focus on like world travesties. I focused on the ten thousand different things that could be killing me. Like, what if I have cancer? What if my heart gives out because heart disease is so big? In what I'm family. going through now? Yeah, kind of, kind of, sort of. But. You know, yours is more also like it's catastrophic. Like you have done your research on the 10,000 ways that the world could end, you know, and your thing is like, what about my grandbabies being able to grow up? And, you know, these are real threats. Like, I just you can't I don't know how I ended up getting past the way I felt about things. Like I told you before, I just I started incorporating something in my life every day that helped me out. And I still have my what ifs, you know, but my what ifs are like, you know, I don't want my kids going to, you know, large crowded areas because I'm like, what if somebody starts shooting, they're going to get trampled or God forbid, get shot or something like that. And I do myself the same way. Thunder over Louisville comes around. I'm like, I'll watch it on TV. Yeah, I don't do the I'm crowd good. of people no more. I used to be, you know, you know, I'm very outgoing, you know, everywhere, da da da. But, you know, since I guess maybe since COVID, I don't know. Like I was telling my doctor, like you know, I don't really know what shifted there for me, but I became very introverted. Like I just go to work, I come home, I have a very small handful of people that can actually get me out of the house, and you know, it kind of depends on you know, who's there and how many people there, and, you know, and things because I can go to your house, but somebody can have, somebody you've invited has issues beyond your control and something goes on at your house. You know, you have to watch the company you also keep. Right. Because you don't know what other people, I mean, I have some really crazy friends that go off and pop off to everybody and anybody. And I'm like, these are, these are bitches I'm not going out with because like 
you have <laughs> so many enemies. I do not want to be caught up in that stuff. And me being your friend, you know, if we're close, if somebody pops off to you and you pump back, and then it's just going to be catastrophic. Right. Because then I'm going to say something, you know, out of love and protection for that person. So I just uh, go ahead and stay myself at home. So I ain't got to worry about it. Right. Now, see, I used to run around with friends that made a lot of enemies through the years. And that makes me go, I don't want to be out in public. Like, I don't, you, I'm, I am the worst. I've got to be one of the worst introverts on the planet because I can come up with 10, I can tell you that I'm going to, yeah, man, that sounds great. I'm coming. Hey, I'm going to be there. We're going to have a great time. The day of, man, it's like pulling teeth. It's 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 almost impossible. I've done come up with ten thousand excuses that I'm gonna give you, like I was calling into work. So I am not leaving the house typically unless I absolutely have to. Unless Alicia wants you to go to Hobby Lobby. God forbid. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's different. Uh, you guys don't know this, but she chokes me a lot and. She puts my arm behind my back and makes me say uncle and then shoves me in the van and makes me go. She's very, she's very aggressive. Yeah, I've seen it. I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for you know, backing me up, filling my pants. I mean, there's nothing I could really do about it. You didn't marry her. You allowed her to, you know, know be abusive know. to you. So, no, I mean, I there's nothing really I could do as your sister, I know. Well, you know, you know she's at first, your wife now. At first, it was fun. It was like, oh, choke me. Yeah, you know, and then, but then it got weird and then it got aggressive. And now it's like, no, please stop. Curled up on the bathroom floor. It's sad. It's, it's just sad. But, you know, I am the go to store like very first thing in the morning, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, as soon as, because with me working third shift, as soon as I get off work, go to the store. You know, there's very few people there and get in, get out, everything I need. See me, I'm not trying to get this. And if I, if it does not involve me making some kind of money, I refuse to go any damn where that early in the morning. Okay. I work Monday through Friday. So every morning I go ahead and bring myself to work. Like I said, you have to go to work because you have bills to pay. So you just get up and you do whatever you have to do. But guess what? <laughs> Listen, if there's some brand in there, you better chew on that shit until I go to the store later because that is not something I feel feasible that I have to do at that time. <laughs> yeah. You've called me a few times and like your question was with the world ending and everything, should I just go ahead and quit my job? <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm I like, do this you... every day if that's going to happen. Yeah, like of all people, you're calling me to be the voice of reason. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, is this life? Like, am I going to be sitting here when, like, the volcano blows and, like, shit blows up and stuff? Like, I can't run. I smoke. So I'm not going to get very far. I'm probably not even going to make it to my truck. So I'm just like, you know, what do I do at this point? Like, do I keep working? I mean, like, my coworkers really like me. They live in little notes. I got a note on my desk right now that says my days are better because you're my coworker. You know, and they always do little things, the little I got a little guy that he loves to loves, loves to snack. So I keep little peppermints and stuff on my desk for him, little bags of chips, and he'll 
get stuck two or three times in the doorway of my office trying to get in here to get his peppermints and his and a snack. But I leave my door open so he could come in here. My top drawer is full of snacks, so he can roam in here and get him a snack. So he's completely not all the way there, but he'll know where that snack drawer is. I also want to take a second and point out that this is most definitely the most professional I've ever heard you talk in your entire life. You can definitely tell that you are at work because every time you talk, it's like, yes, no, yes, snack drawer and everything is, this is fantastic. When typically I can guarantee you don't sound like that at all. I can vouch for that. No, and most of the people that's going to be listening to this this podcast is going to know that I don't talk like that. Yeah. Well, I put, you know, Like I tell people all the time, and I've told my CEOs and everything, if you pay me for professionalism, I'll give you professionalism. If I'm on the floor and I'm doing patient care, you're not going to get very, the patients ain't even professional. No, I don't think it's their job to be professional, though. Oh, honey, they are are good and ghetto. Give me something that a patient has said or done to you that you consider to be quote-unquote unprofessional? Um, give me I have a three. And See wife. if you can give me three of them. I have a husband and wife that are in a room right now, and she has a Poe in her room. And um, she, if the Poe is actually for her to be able to pull up off the bed and get up and down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she calls that her stripper Poe at night when the door is closed. She swings around it out of her wheelchair for her husband. Wait, is she being serious? I hope not. Like, who the hell comes, gets her back in her wheelchair? No, I hope she doesn't do that. How old is she? Uh, probably about 92. I don't think that's a good idea at all. Y'all, y'all need so to either. remove that pole. I told her to just be careful with her hips because she doesn't, you know, they ain't as good as she used to. I'm using them hips. It's not in bad shape. And she said, oh, honey, I know it's his fault. And I was like, yep, it's time for me to go right back in the office. This <laughs> conversation's going to usually left. Yeah. And then um, I have another one. She is 98, and she sits out in the little common area, and she wears this little feather thing around her head. And she's absolutely cute as a baby. But she'll tell you, she used to be a go-go girl. Okay. That's what she said. And she says she's still a go-go girl. And then she could still kind of like stand and stuff like with our assistant. Mm -hmm. So when we stand, she actually still dresses like a go-go girl. She got bright red lipstick on. I mean, she's cute as a button. And she stands up and she'll just shake. And she said, I don't have it like her. I said, no, I ain't got it. I lost mine years ago. I ain't got it like that. Right. (laughs) But like some of these people are like super, super cute. Some of the men are, most of the men are hugely perverted. So Right. Well, at that age, what do you got to lose? What are you going to do? Worry well, about offending know, somebody? In past jobs, I haven't encountered that actually here yet, but in like past jobs, like when I worked at the hospital, we had had a, a patient that would hit his call light all the time. So um, he was very inappropriate. So one time he had hit the call light and asked me to come in there. And my CEO went and stood by the door and he didn't see her or hear her. And when I went in there, he kept petting on the bed for me to sit down. The whole time, I didn't know his weedy was out. Oh. He wanted me to touch it. His, uh, his little guy. Yeah. And I told him, I was just like, they don't pay me enough for that. Well, at least and you my were. CEO, my CEO was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. And I was like, well, y'all don't. 
Hey. I've seen this paperwork. Can you have a life insurance? Like, this is a waste of my time in here. <laughs> Hey, at least you're at least you're on top of things. You know, there's no insurance. You know what the deal is. Um, you're gonna feel a certain way one night when you're getting ready to leave, and you walk past that couple's room, and you hear some Cardi B going on in there. Don't open that door. I'm oh, just I love every time I walk past the room. It looks dead like a stripper pole. It's got like, um, like curves that come out that you could tell that it's for her to be able to pull her wheelchair up to pull up on turn and get in the chair da 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 but other than that it looks exactly like a stripper pole i have never in the history of healthcare seen it i i can definitely appreciate being you know that that far up in age and still having the ability to joke and um just enjoy life like that yeah i mean the residents are really i mean you'd be surprised like you know, um, some of the residents, you know, are like really, you know, old fashioned and back in the day and stuff like that. You can't, you know, play and talk to them like you would be able to a lot of the other ones or whatever. So you kind of got to adjust how you play and talk to them because they're very old fashioned. You know, they're, you know, very, I don't know, I guess, closed in and stuff like that. But for the most part, a lot of these patients initiate the inappropriate conversations you know they just want to talk they want to laugh they want to you know say and talk about stuff they used to do and things like that like it's not like it's a bad thing like it, it's not some of the stuff would be a little crazily inappropriate but you know like i tell them like they're 96 years old they can talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about right you know where that's what they want to do that's what they want to do i mean Right. Like I said, it's it's going to be really hard for them to look at life as I got to walk on eggshells because I don't want to offend somebody. Well, my thing is, is I feel bad because, you know, when you look at people in places like this, like here is really nice, even though I'm sure that it comes with its flaws, all places do. But I've seen some really detrimental, like worse, horrible places and people spent their whole life buying their home but have to sell it to be in a place like this you eat when they want you to eat you eat what they tell you you're going to eat you you know it's not like being at home so if the you know enjoyment of their day is for us to be able to play around with them and us to be able to like me i don't have to take people outside and do that's not part of my job that's activity shop right but when I have a down minute and I have like certain people that's been down, you know, that's been depressed for a while and, you know, ain't got a chance to be outside. I start pulling wheelchairs outside. We got a little swing that the wheelchair goes on outside. Like, you know, I start pulling wheelchairs outside and, you know, it's not too hot and it's not too cold and just being able to get them out. Right. And just being able to have that conversation. Like most times, yeah, yeah. most time that's all any of us need is it's really weird because you can be the most introverted person in the world, but sometimes all you need is that conversation and that understanding, you know, with somebody. Well, I definitely think that healthcare is uh, my calling. I've been very good at it for many years and did a lot of a lot of different things because healthcare consists of thousands of different things, and I've did thousands of different things in healthcare, and you know, I've never. Uh, I've never not succeeded in what I was doing in that field. So, 
wow. you know, but like I said, as far as like getting older and seeing it and going through, you know, people's charts and stuff like that and seeing like, I was thinking last night, I was just like, you know, here I am worried about the what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs, but really I can't change nothing. And I have somebody that tells me every day that they're just ready to die. Right. You know, before my day is over with, I will have somebody in my office or me, I get up out of my office and I go and I go up and down the hall and, you know, I check on all the people and, you know, and I get to know like each patient and stuff like that. Cause the more I know you, the better I can talk to you and help you. So, you know, um, I have a, a demented unit that some of these people don't even know who the hell they are. But if I walk through, they smile and they know who I am and they're, you know, waving at me and things like that. Right. So I think it's really important to really know. But I think that like the healthcare for periods is overwhelmed. Now, I ain't saying that we ain't never had a off of a wall patient that we were completely aggravated and fed up with, but even then, you know, it was thorough. Just one of them patients you accidentally kicked in the kneecap for no reason. Oh, some of these little assholes are mean. (laughs) Some of these people are mean as hell for no reason. I just, I'm having a really hard time getting a uh, 92-year-old woman spinning around on a stripper pole for her husband out of my head. I don't think that she (laughs) technically uses it, but it was a it was a laughter head. to her when, you know, because we, we were in there and, you know, we were kind of giggling, me and the other, you know, me and the other girl that was in there taking care of her. And she was like, what does that look like? And she said, I know what it looks like. It looked like one of them poses, them girls with no clothes on dates on. I said, a stripper pose. And uh, I said, almost got me halfway tempted to roll around, uh, you know, swing around on it. And she said, go ahead. And I was like, no, I got to be professional. I can't be caught swinging on poles in patients' rooms. And, you know, and she was just laughing or whatever, and the husband thinks we're absolutely crazy. So, right. and, you know, and she just, I don't think she does that. She just be playing back with us and be like, I swing on it all the time. You want to see me? And I'm like, uh-uh, nope, I don't want to see it because you go to fall, break your hip, you know, like, I don't want to see that. That means that, you know, I have to take action when that does that, and I don't want to do it. I've had to give CPR one time, and it completely traumatized me. I pray I never do it again. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at her and just tell her with a straight face, you don't want to get back on the pole because that's how you had to pay for nursing school. Yeah, I know. I had to shake that ass for nursing school. Yeah, and I ain't got very much of an ass. That's probably why I still owe a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said she's in a wheelchair, though. If she was to break a hip, would she Yeah, play? I think she can. Um, she, she's she got a little bit of mobility, but not like, you Stripper know. Stripper pole mobility. Like yeah, she's got a little mobility. Like, if I put a gate belt on her and a walker in front of her, um, she does fairly well to, you know, to walk with assistance. But as far as, like, getting up and getting on a damn pole and do it, like, she does well getting in and out of the bed with it, you know? Yeah. I'm going I'm to take a picture of it and send it to you later because, like, it's hilarious. It's, it's an absolute miracle that her and her husband get to spend the – later part of life together being at the age that they are. Oh, they fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you ain't got nowhere to go and surely the guys are going to get on each other's nerves, but it's, we have a a couple husbands and wives. I have one, 
the wife is extremely sweet, but let me tell you something, baby. That husband, he hits, kicks, stitch, he'll cut her asses out. They come get me all the time because he's being rebellious and they're kicking. He's kicking on, he's cutting them out. And I'm like, he's just going to cuss me out when I go in there. So I'll go in there and I'll be like, hey, such and such. Like, what are you doing? He'll like, the hell with you too, bitch. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, this went well. Oh. You know, he's set in his ways. He doesn't want to be fucked with. Leave me alone. Like, you know, it's hard to take care of people like that. And he needs, he needs care. But, you know, you also, in, a, in these situations, like, you cannot force these people to do anything they don't want to do. Exactly. And I'm not going to be the one to force them. Like, I'll try to sweet talk them into it. But Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's all about comfort. Like the whole yeah. reason they're there is to spend the, you know, the years that they have left in as much comfort as they can. If they don't want to fucking do something because it bothers them or aggravates them or hurts them, then there's no reason to make them fucking do it. You know, it's crazy because like I'll have like family members um, that are lot past the office and they'll look kind of lost. And I'm like, are you looking for something? Can I help you? And they're like, oh, well, we're looking for Kim. And I'm like, yeah, like yesterday somebody said, I'm looking for Kim. And I'm like, oh, I'm Kim. And, uh, she was like, oh, yeah, I see the plaque on my door now. And I was like, yeah. And she was just like, I just want to let you know that my daddy absolutely loves you. He talks so highly of you. Like, you're his go-to. And I just want to personally tell you, like, I'm great. I'm so grateful that, I, you know, I'm a, it's his daughter. You know, I have a, a, you know, a busy outside life. You know, I can't always be here. So, you know, just to know that you're here with dad, you know, Monday through Friday, but like, you know, my business cards don't have my cell phone number off, but like he has my cell phone number. Right. If I'm not here on the weekend and he's having a hard time or he's having an issue, I tell him, call me like I'll come, you know, but little things like that kind of, make, you know, that it makes you feel good because, you know, like I knew he was fond of me, but like not to that extent. Right. You know, they sit out in the hallway, like, I have another one that'll sit in, a, sit in his doorway, and he waits for me every morning. Every morning, he'll wait for me. Well, that's good. Like, it's 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 a different level of appreciation, you know, what, what, you're, what you're talking about there, because we were talking about, like, your employer appreciating you and making sure that you're paid correctly for the job that you're doing and showing you appreciation, but it's different... When, you know, you're around somebody so often, they technically become a little part of your family. You know, you're spending hours a day with them. So it's um, for them to appreciate the job that you do is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's not the company for the most part in like nursing field. And you can ask anybody that works anything in nursing field. A lot of the time. It's not your company because guess what? The rich or whoever owns like whoever owns these buildings, like they're just they're gonna get rich. Like they're they're never gonna step foot in here. You know what I'm saying? Like and if they do, it have to be detrimental, you know, for them to do it. Absolutely. You know, they don't they don't care about what's going on in here. Coming to them when it's coming to them. But like you know, you really it's really something when. Uh, you know, it's beneficial as far as like your patients go, because really, in my job that I do now, that's really all that matters to me is you know the patient. Right, and that's the same way I feel. But I feel that way about my my team. I don't show up for work every night because the company's going to run whether I'm there or not. 
but I show up every night because I, my team is like my family away from my family. Right. That's your appreciation most. That's the team. Yeah. So my team's like, Hey, like tonight, I literally had one of my guys look at me and go, well, we were talking about the job and something I was frustrated with and all this other stuff. He's like, well, I just want you to know if you go anywhere, you, you make a decision to leave here. You need to let me know because I'm out. Yeah, you and know my whole team pretty much is like that. It's like, dude, I'm not working for nobody else but him, and that's that's something that I can take away from and appreciate. Most of them have been there for anywhere between a year to seven, eight years now, and you know they've been there. Anything I've ever asked them to do, they do it, and everything else. And I show up every night because that's that's my family away from my family. I get messages and uh, phone calls all the time from former employees going, hey, man, you got a spot. I had a guy hit me up once, and unfortunately, um, he was, when he worked for me, he was six months clean, recovering drug addict. And he got tied into another employee on the shift that got him back using. They both started using again and um, really fucked his shit all the way up. And so he's gone for, you know, I ended up having to let him go because he was literally going to kill himself. Like, he was, he was literally trying to drive fucked up and everything else. And I was like, bro, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And literally had to cut him loose. Now, let about seven, eight months go by and I get a message from this guy. And he's going, hey. You guys are still hiring now. Now, my company had, and I don't know if they still do now, but at this time, they had a, uh, a thing to where if you were fired for some kind of drug offense or anything like that, you, after six months, you could reapply and be rehired. Oh, you don't sound like the nursing field. And he's going, you know, uh, if you got a spot for me, man, I'm, I'm ready to come back and work and all this other stuff. And then literally sent me a message that said, "Hey, I'm a. Uh, I've been uh, three weeks sober. I'm, I've been clean, ish. What what the hell does that mean? I've been clean, ish. Like that's the message he sent me. And uh, I'm like, nah, bro. I don't, I don't. We're fully staffed. We're good. Like, I don't know what clean-ish means, but it definitely doesn't sound like clean. It sounds like a whole a whole lot of ish on the backside of that clean right there. So the ish kind of negates the clean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Well, I was saying like here in the nursing field, if they get caught, you know, messing with the NART card or stuff like that, they're offered like, you know, classes and drug classes to keep their nursing license. And, you know, they might not be able to, like, pass notes or something for till they graduate, whatever the classes or whatever they got to do or whatever. But there's plenty of opportunity. But a lot of people go to school and go through all that schooling for that specific reason. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I know I've seen a lot of cases where people are stealing narcotics from pharmacies and and things of that nature are writing scripts out that so they can get what they need and everything well yeah we've got um you know we follow like other places and stuff like that you know other nurses facilities and we just uh i forgot the name of the place but they had rats eating their patients oh 
not carts coming up missing the whole cart. Let me tell you something. That is a, a lot of narcs. And for some, you know, you, you're assigned that key, that nurse is assigned that key for that ship. And, you know, it's crazy to me that whole narc carts are coming up missing. Uh, rat, rats are eating patients um, rooms in freezing below freezing temperatures because there's no heat in there people laying in their own feces and piss grab I mean this place was it just sounded horrific <laughs> yeah well it's a stressful job taking the whole cart though that's a that's that's boss move right there I mean that's, go that's big crazy. go big or go home you know what I'm saying like Mm-hmm. Fuck taking it's, a couple. Uh, fuck taking a few pills, man. Just take the whole damn cart. <laughs> I'm just saying. You see, you don't never know about healthcare. You really have to, you know, really work healthcare to, you know, see. But you, know, you, know, you could walk in some of these places and there be so so nice. I'm talking about such a nice place and be so fucked up. And staff be so fucked up. Right. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, just because you walk in and there's, uh, you know, $62,000 in the leader hanging from it, you know, and they got like nice furniture and things like that. Start asking the patients that are really with it, that's been there for years, what their pros and cons of that place are. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what the place looks like. It matters how mm-hmm. the patients are treated. That's what it, mm-hmm. that's what it is. At I worked at some really nice places. And the shit care. Well, sis, this has been great. I'm. I gotta ask before we wrap everything up. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your uh, June bug, man? I mean, he he he, he ditched me today. Is there is there anything bitch. you would like, like to add to this? He's a bitch. Like he knew he was gonna flake. He ain't got nothing to talk about. You know, saying so he's a bitch. He's a bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Well, he's probably over there fucking ODing off that fucking donut and burger. His fucking arteries are fucking clogged. It sure is probably 6,000 over 70. Somebody might like over and check on his ass. Yeah, he'll be fine. He's got this. Yeah, I'm sure. Hopefully he'll take his metformin before that. It's too It's too early to be eating burgers and shit. He ain't fixing those till later anyways. Yeah, well... I'll, um, you still got your door key to his apartment because it only takes a few hours for the smell to start rolling out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I do. Uh, if I ain't heard from him by the time I wake up, I'll go check on him. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Just call me and let me know. If you ain't got a door key, I do. All right, sir. All right, All right, well, I love you. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love you. In the studio, clowning with my kid folk, feeling like a million bucks, even though we been broke. Shit, we been broke. Doesn't mean we give up. May have lost some ground, best believe we catching up Hot's going up, we've always been the long shot So you'll get your money's worth from the team that I got Doesn't matter how you start the race, it's how you finish Right, they're really gonna hate us when we're first across the finish line Hey.